let's turn today to First uh, Peter chapter one. First Peter one, and uh, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one that is listening. May the blessing of God be upon this this message and upon this ministry today. May the word find deep root in our hearts and bring change in Jesus' name. Give us keys to victory in our lives that we might understand, comprehend, and walk in the light of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen. All right, let's read 1 Peter 13 through 19. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver or gold from your vain or empty conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And all the people said... Now, I want to focus on this 13th verse. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Everybody say, your mind. And today we'll call this, You Can Control Your Mind. You don't have to let your mind run every which way, in every single direction, and you don't have to follow every emotion and every thought pattern that comes your way, you can decide to control your mind. And I want you to know this is a very, very important message if you want to be successful in the Christian life. You're going to have to control your mind. Amen. You can have the most wonderful experience with God, be born again, have a life-changing, heart-changing revolution in your life, but until you learn to discipline your, your mind, you're not going to have victory in the Christian life. Your your mind needs to be uh, anointed, directed, controlled, established, steadfast, firm, and disciplined. Can I have an amen? Amen. So you need to choose to control your mind. The scripture there says, gird up the loins of your mind. Now this is a figurative expression. It was used among the Orientals because they wore long clothing, and when they were trying to get someplace in a hurry, they would take that clothing and they would gird it up around their loins in order so that they could run and they could do what they needed to do. And so he's talking about having a ready mind, a prepared mind, a mind that is directed, you see, because you, you are where you are because your mind has taken you there. And you will be where you are tomorrow because your mind will take you there. Wherever your mind is going, that's where you're going. And you you need to learn that you can make a decision about how your mind is going to think. The scripture said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you're a failure, you'll be a failure. If you think thoughts of 
hatred and jealousy and anger and wrath. You're sowing negative seeds in your mind and you fertilize them with more thinking, you water them with more negative thinking. How many know you're going to get a bad crop? But if you take good thoughts, thoughts of the Word of God, thoughts of love, thoughts of honesty, thoughts of purity, and you sow those thoughts in your mind and you water them and you fertilize them, you're going to have a good crop, praise God. You're going to have a crop of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because you see, the mind is the battleground. And your mind, if it's not functioning according to the Word of God, if it's taken up with nervousness and anxiety and fear and hatred and jealousy, uh, it's going to mess your spiritual life up. It's going to keep you from flowing in God. And as we said the other day, you know, every step that we take away from love, we're taking a step away from God because God is love. And, you know, we have a choice every day about how we're going to think. And so many people today have the idea that their mind is just going to run any which way it runs, you know, and, and it's just going to do what it wants to do and they have no control. But I'm here to come to tell you today, you can control your mind. And if you can control your mind, you can control your destiny. And not only that, but you can affect the destiny of others. Amen. You know, God spoke to Joshua. He was about to take the children of Israel into the promised land. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now Joshua was a leader. He was a leader of the people, of a great company of people. And I tell you, as Christians, I want you to know we're leaders. If you define leadership as having influence uh, in other people's lives, every Christian is a leader. You're a leader in your family. You're a leader among your friends. You're a leader at work. And how well you lead depends on how you think. And God told the leader, Joshua, he says, meditate in the word day and night so that you may observe to do all that is written therein. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So often we think, well, God's going to prosper me. Well, we know that's true. God does prosper us. And God brings health into our life. But this scripture tells me that we also have something to do with it. We have something to do about determining whether or not his prosperity, victory, his success works in our life. And it all, it's all determined about how you think. What you do with this thing that's sitting on top of your shoulders determines your destiny in life. Can I have an amen this morning? So gird up the loins of your mind. Now the loins is the middle section and it's the reproductive part of your of your being. That's what you produce. So the loins of your mind would be that which produces. See, your mind produces something. What is your life producing? Well, it all depends on what's going on in your mind. That's why he said, gird up the loins of your mind. Have a ready mind. Like one preacher says, get ready, get ready, get ready. You see, you have to have a readiness in your mind. You have to have a directed mind. You have to think in line of where you want to go. You have to see yourself doing certain things. It's up to you. So many Christians have such a passive attitude about what's going to happen in their life. Well, you know, like the old song, uh, que sera, sera, 
Whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours, you see. Que sera, sera. You all heard that, haven't you? Yeah, because you're, most of you are about as old as I am. It's an old song, you know. But uh, that's the way many people have that attitude. You know, whatever will be, will be. Well, see, God's put destiny in our hearts. But the choice is ours whether we walk in our destiny. The choice is ours how we think about ourselves, how we think about God, how much of God we release. Gird up the loins of your mind, he says. You know, and be holy as I am holy. See, you will never have a holy lifestyle without holy thinking. And you will never have an anointed life without anointed thinking. One time the Lord said to me, destroy not the anointing. He was warning me. Don't destroy the anointing on your life. I said, Lord, I don't want to destroy the anointing. How can I destroy the anointing? What is it that a person does to destroy the anointing? I don't want to do that. He says, the natural thinking of the natural man. If I think just like everybody else thinks, I'll destroy the anointing. I will quench the spirit in my life if I think like the rest of the world thinks. I have to renew my mind. That's why he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Even as the rain comes down, the snow comes down, so my thoughts must come down into the earth and reproduce and, and prosper in the thing whereunto I sent them. So how do we prosper in the things of God? It's as the word prospers in us. As we begin to think in line with what God thinks. And it's so important. Our sister shared with us about how uh, she dealt with some sickness in her life. And she thought, you know, it probably had something to do with some anxiety, some nervousness, some worry that was in our life. And you know, I can really relate to that because the Lord taught me about this one time when I was in Haiti. And I was on a missionary journey in Haiti, you know, and I was preaching place to place, busy. But I got sick while I was there. And you know, then the natural, uh, it's easy to get sick in some of these countries because they don't have the refrigeration we do. They don't have the, uh, the knowledge of cleanliness and so on, there's a lot of bacteria that can get in you, and if you're not used to it, <clears throat> it can be trouble. And so it was trouble, I was sick. But I, I knew the word of God, I knew about healing, and I had people pray for me, and I was praying, and I was confessing, and I was using my faith, but I was getting no better fast. And I can remember I was sitting in the back of a pickup truck that we were using to drive around and go from place to place, and I was sitting in the back seat, it was a club cab deal, and I started praying. I says, Lord, what's going on here? I'm not, getting, I'm not getting well. And the Lord said to me, you're in fear. And I began to think about the trip and what had been going on. And I realized that's exactly right. I was in fear. I was in fear for the safety of my team. I was in fear about circumstances in that country at that time. You know, there was a lot of upheaval. There was actually people that had been killed and things like this. And I was letting that war up my mind. I was in fear, and I was in nervousness. And you know, I said, Lord, I see that. I repent of this fear. I will not fear this situation in Jesus' name. I made a decision about how I was going to think about that. You know, within a half an hour, I was better. I was eating a cheeseburger, French fries, and a Coke at the restaurant. Praise God. Had just a fine time the rest of the trip. See, because the way you think 
can cause you to be sick. And the way you think can hinder you from being healed. And so that's why this message is so important, so vitally important that I'm sharing with you. You need to learn to control your mind. You need to take charge of this thing that's on top of your shoulders because it's either going to lead you the right way or the wrong way. See, you had something happen to you spiritually. You had a, a, an event with God. If you came to Christ, you've been born again. And you don't have that old nature anymore. You have a new nature. Turn over to Ephesians. I want to show you some scripture there. You remember the children of Israel, how their thinking defeated them. They sent the spies into the land, and they went up to look at the land. And they came back with an evil report. And they said, it's a good land, it's rich, it's wonderful, but there's giants in the land, and we are not able to go up against them. But Joshua and Caleb had another spirit. Caleb said, let's go up at once and take the land. We are reliable. You see, Joshua and Caleb had learned the secret of girding up the loins of their mind. They had learned the secret of thinking in line with God's word. See, we're not just talking here about positive thinking. And positive thinking works to a degree. But we're talking about something even more powerful than positive thinking. We're talking about agreeing with God. We're talking about getting God's word into our heart and agreeing with God. And you see, the children of Israel couldn't go up. They said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And also in their sight, we were like grasshoppers. And that's where a lot of Christians are. They have a grasshopper mentality. They don't see themselves as being able to do anything. Even though God's word says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We too often choose to think in the natural and say, I can't do anything. Why, I don't have the education. I don't have the money. I don't have this. Quit thinking about what you don't have and start realizing what you do have. You've got Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Jesus that's living in you. What's the limit? Take the limits off, amen. So thinking, you know, with a Joshua, Caleb spirit, another spirit, amen. Go up and possess the land. Now, Ephesians chapter 2 I want you to notice Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened, he's talking to the church, and you hath he quickened or made alive. How many here have been born again? All right, that's talking about you. You've been born again, you've been made alive, you've been quickened in Christ, and you were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit, everybody say the spirit. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had, everybody say had, yeah. say past tense, yeah. had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were, everybody say were, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He said, you know, before you were saved, you had the nature of the devil working in you. The spirit that's now working in the children of disobedience was in you, and you were by nature the children of wrath. You had a nature that could not do right by God, that could not walk in the light of God. 
So before you were saved, you didn't have the ability to choose the way you're going to go. But once you're born again, now you can decide. You have the freedom. I think it was Martin Luther wrote a, a, a message called The Bondage of the Will. And that's where the unsaved person is. They're in the bondage of the will. They, they're in a box. They're a prisoner. They're a slave to sin. But when you're born again, you see, you're out of that slavery. Somebody else wrote a message called uh, The Prison Door is Open. What are you doing inside? And that's where it is for the Christian. The prison door is open. Why are you still in slavery? You see, the, the devil doesn't have you in the bondage of the will, but he's got you deceived into thinking that you have to stay where you're at, that you have to stay boxed in, bound up. You know, that you have to stay depressed, that you have to stick with a loser mentality, that you are defeated, that you have to be bitter and anger and defeated, depressed all your life. I say, no, I rebel against that. I've been set free from that. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been set free, and I choose by the law of my mind to think thoughts in line with the word of God because my mind will lead me where I want to go. I have to take control of this thing on top of my shoulders. I can't expect God to do it automatically. He says, you'll be removed by the transform transformation of your mind. There's some things that God does, but there's some things that we have to do. And then if you turn in Ephesians to the fourth chapter, notice after Paul talks about who we are in Christ, everything we have in Christ, and what's been done for us in Christ, he gives instruction, beginning in the 17th verse, about how to live this Christian life. Verse 17, Ephesians 4, 17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that's in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, which is excess of lust, to work all uncleanness and greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning the former manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness and see the Bible instructs us how to think he, he instructs us how to put on the new man he instructs us to take on a renewal in the spirit of our mind the attitude of our mind the problem for many Christians is stinking thinking and hardening of the attitudes Amen? It keeps us from flowing with God. So it's very important that we take charge of our mind, that we decide how we're going to think and how we're going to act. You decide. God wants you to have a strong, active, and directed mind. One of the problems among spirit-filled Christians, charismatics, is they're very often receptive. But lack discernment will accept any idea that comes floating by any impression any voice and I tell you that's very dangerous you've got to gird up the loins of your mind you've got to give direction and harness your mind for success God doesn't want us to have this passivity in our mind that's Eastern religion Eastern religion meditates too but they don't meditate on the word of God they meditate on nirvana they, they just 
make their mind a blank and open up to all kinds of spirits. And that's not the Christian life. God wants you to be filled with the Spirit, all right, but then he wants you to have a mind that gives direction and order to your life. Amen? This is strong mind that you, you use your will, see, in accordance with God. God never takes away our will. He doesn't make us into robots and zombies. That's not God's way. That's always a perversion of the gospel when you have that. God wants you to have a strong mind, an active mind. He doesn't want you to be just some dummy that falls for everything that comes along. Amen. Amen. He wants you to be filled with wisdom, strength, and courage, and determination. You know, He's going to do something in your life that's wonderful and powerful. Amen. As you determine to take hold of a, of a strong mind and walk in a strong mind. Turn your Bibles to 1 John 4. First John 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Just because you hear something in the spirit realm doesn't mean it's of God. Just because you hear something from a preacher doesn't mean it's from God. Amen. And I'm a preacher. Thank God for preachers. We need preachers. But you still have the responsibility to discern. You're responsible for your own vessel. And he says, try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. You look at Islam. That must have sounded very religious and spiritual. Somebody come along and say, Islam means submission to God, you know? and serve God and take a little bit of this and a little of that, mix it all together in a hat and make a new religion. And that's, what, that's what's happening. Many people's minds are deceived. That's, that's an example of a false prophet in action. Muhammad was a false prophet. He says, are you against Islam? No, no, no. I'm with God. God's for everybody. I'm just saying they're deceived. And many people are deceived, you see, because they, they've allowed their mind to accept something. The Bible says, try not, you know, try the spirits to see whether they're of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. So if it's not lifting up Jesus, if it's not building you up in Christ, it's the wrong spirit. Look at verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us that we have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There's lots of thoughts running around here. I mean, he called them the prince of the power of the air. There are spirits in the air. You know what I mean? You, you need to understand, we're living amongst wicked spirits. And if you don't have your fences up, amen. See, you have, to, you have to have your fences up and you have to be the controller of the gate to decide what you're going to let in and what you're not. And I tell you, there's some ideas that just need to bounce off of you and fall on the ground. You need to walk on top of them. Because you're the one that's in charge. You're the, you're the gatekeeper. That's why God gave you a will. Keep your will active and be discerning. Amen? Don't have a critical spirit, but be sensitive and discerning and understand that God wants stability in your life. 
You can decide, choose, or will how you will think. You can make a decision about that. First of all, you need to be born again. But when you are born again, understand that Christ is in you. And in the name of Jesus, you do not have to allow obsessions to take hold of your mind and control you. You do not have to. Now, I understand there's, there's a physiological side to depression. There's a chemical side. But I believe there's a lot of it that can be changed if we'll just take control of our thinking. Did you realize that your negative thoughts and negative emotions actually produce chemicals in your body that cause more and more anxiety? And it becomes a vicious cycle. And you begin to feed into that. I mean, I speak from experience here. I know what it is to battle depression. And I've learned that the way to overcome is to make a decision and then to use the word as a weapon against those negative thoughts. I've learned that it works. And I learned that when, you know, when I do that, my mind will restore to normal and begin to flow in the joy of the Lord as I should. Amen. When I was early in my, in my ministry, began to pastor a church, all of a sudden I was hit with all this depression. Isn't that interesting? When you try to do something for God, there's an attack of the enemy. But see, this is how you have to learn, then, to gird up the loins of your mind. You have to learn to take charge or else give up what you're doing for God, one or the other. That's what the devil wants. So you have to learn. And I began to have this, you know, day after day, and it was, man, it was getting to me. The only time I had any victory was when I was in the pulpit. Because I had that, that word of God coming out of my mouth. But I got a hold of some scriptures from Bob Bruce's confession cards, and most of those are on that sheet that I mentioned to you there earlier. And the first one is, I'm standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made me free, and I'm not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. I would take those scriptures, and I would put them in first person, and I would confess them. And I would say, in the name of Jesus, this is mine. I possess it. See, you can use the scriptures as a weapon. That's what Jesus did when the devil came against him. He said, it is written, Satan. Now, if Jesus needed to use the word, how much more you and I? And so when that depression comes, get those scriptures. Dig into the word of God. Get the scriptures and put them in first person. And what I did is three times a day, I'd use them like vitamins. And I noticed after a couple days that that oppression lifted because that word of God begins to take control and it begins, you begin speaking the word of God through your speech center. You begin to meditate in accordance with God's word. And that lifts. You see, depression is a spiritual thing. Those wicked spirits want to torment you and keep you defeated. And that's what's, that's, you know, that, the, the end result of that can even be suicide. And that's, the devil loves that. But you have to resist that. You have to say, no. I'm not going to allow this. I'm going to control what my mind's thinking about. I'm not going to go down this path. And I've learned that. You know, I mean, all of us have temptations in our thinking. You know, and if something begins to work in my mind, and I recognize it, I say, no, I'm not going there. I've been there before. That's a dark road. That's a place of defeat. I'm sorry, I am not care to go that way 
I'm turning around right here. And you see, really, this is what repentance is. People don't understand what repentance is. Repentance is changing your mind, Amen. making a decision about how you think about something. Amen. And so defeated thoughts, depressing thoughts, negative thoughts, they must be cast down, and you must fill your mind with the truth of God's word. And it's the same way in relationships. How many know sometimes in relationships there's conflicts? You mean you notice that too? Human relationships, there's conflicts because we have different visions, goals, things, different things that are important to us. And I don't care if it's on the job, in the church, in the family. There's conflicts. But I've got news for you. Just because there's a conflict doesn't mean you have to have a split up. Amen. Otherwise, Susan and I wouldn't have made it. Because we have conflicts all the time, you know. But that's not negative. That's just because we're different. You know? And many times there's misunderstandings, you know? Like uh, last, the other day I said, it's been a stressful week. Well, she heard, it's been a stressful week for me. But I meant it's been a stressful week for us. So this is an example how Conflict can arise because we misunderstand one another's speech. Because conflict does not mean that you need to divide. We have a 50% divorce rate in this world because people think the answer to conflict is just walk away. And, and to have no commitment uh, to, to that relationship. My heart has to remain right. I cannot allow myself to be consumed with bitterness and anger, I can't afford it. And you can't either. But the thing of it is, we have to learn to make decisions. And I'm trying to impress upon you that you have the power to make a decision about how you're going to think. And, you know, some situations are more difficult than other. I mean, what we're talking about here, this gets into the realm of addictions. You know, and some addictions are very difficult. But you can, by making the decision that is repentance, and by faith, overcome anything that God doesn't want you to have. God never told you to do anything in his word that you can't do with his help. Can I have a better amen? amen. I was sitting on my porch one time years ago and had some anxiety or some negative emotion, situation, circumstance going on in my life. I remember this so clearly because the Lord taught me a lesson about it. I'm sitting on the porch, I'm, I'm having this emotion. You know. And uh, I just realized it was of the devil, it wasn't right, and I made a decision about it right flat there. I decided that's the end of that, I'm not going that way. Well, I got done praying, I had discussed it with the Lord, repented, and I felt just as rotten as I did before. I thought, well, I was going to have this big release because I repented, you know. And so I said, Lord, I feel just as rotten as I did before. I'm all torn up. He said, just stick with your decision. Amen. And that's where a lot of us miss it. It's because we don't stick with our decision. We allow our emotions to tell us what's going on. See, as long as your emotions are king of the roost, you're going to be defeated. Your spirit man has to come up and charge. And you have to direct your mind. Negative emotions are the result of negative thinking. Wrong emotions are the result of wrong thinking. 
He says, stick with your decision. I said, all right. I have decided this certain thing about how I think about this thing. About 20 minutes, that started to lift. And over a period of time, then the emotions restored, and I felt good again on the inside. See? But I could have said, oh, it didn't work, huh? And then just went back to my same frazzled emotional state and been defeated. You have to make a choice about how you're going to think. And you have to make a choice to walk in love. You know? And, and I'll tell you, it's important that we do if we want to be victorious because God's going to give you as much grace as you give to others. <laughs> if you cut everybody a short rope, you know what? All of a sudden, you have a short rope. Right. Amen. He said, given it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? For with the measure that you meet, it shall be measured unto you. So cut somebody some slack and you'll cut yourself some. Amen. But your emotions, your thought patterns may not want you to do that. But you can decide which way you're going to go. You're in charge in Jesus' name. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm in charge, I'm in charge. of my mind. Of my mind. And, I and I have decided to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. and to walk in the way of peace and to walk in the spirit of victory. And I reject loser mentality, grasshopper thinking, strife, vengeance, anger, jealousy, every form of demonic thinking, I cast it down in Jesus' name. And I exalt the thoughts of the knowledge of God. God is in me. Christ is in me. Love is in me. Forgiveness is in me. I give grace. I receive grace. I give love. I receive love. Christ is in me. The hope of glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.